Welcome to the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast, a show designed for brand new sales reps working in the world of tech sales. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, and I'm going to be taking you on a journey on the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast. Did you know that you can watch this show live with the guests on YouTube? This show is available on YouTube at happyselling.io. Hello listeners and watchers, welcome to another episode of the SDR Disco Core podcast slash vidcast. So you may be listening to this through your local podcast system or you may be watching this through our YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe to both. But again, if you'd like to watch this show live, then by all means head over to happyselling.io on YouTube and you'll be able to watch it and see our guests. But today I've been really excited about bringing this guest on. This is somebody that I was speaking to on LinkedIn, as I find most of my guests when I'm prospecting like an SDR. Uh, and I met this person, we had a great chat, and I learned a lot about them through their career of sales and obviously what they were going through within their own personal life, and I had a lot of respect for this person. So I'd love to introduce Charlotte Neal. Charlotte, how are you doing today, miss? Hi, Neil. Thanks for having me. What an introduction. <laughs> um, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on the show. Thank you so much for joining. And for the listeners and for the watchers out there, Charlotte, could you tell us, like, who are you? Where are you based in the world? And what do you do? And where is that? Yeah, of course. So my name's Charlotte Neal. I'm a Senior Enterprise Employee Engagement Specialist. So that's the title that we use for our SDRs at Reward Gateway. Um, so we're an employee engagement tech and service business. And I am based in London, where it is actually sunny for, like, the first time ever this year. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, we've been having uh, a little bit of uh, a heat wave here in sunny Blighty. Uh, so for the listeners and watchers, as a reference, we're currently in July 2021. And with Reward Gateway, what do you guys do at a high level, Charlotte? Yeah, so at a high level, um, we create solutions for clients like McDonald's, Tesco, Burger King, O2, Vodafone, Sky. Um, and, and we support them with creating platforms that enhance employee engagement in their business. So housing everything from their benefits to their well-being, their recognition um, and their employee communications. And then the service part of that is that we build a partnership with them and, and work with them over long periods of time to, to help support the rollout of that and make it really effective. I love it. So I'm in a kind of similar world and I've been in your world before. So as I said in the last uh, meetup, I definitely need to pick your brain in the future for employee engagement and comms, uh, but we can take that offline. <laughs> but uh, Also, just in general, like outside of sales, what kind of things do you like to get up to and kind of what floats your boat, Charlotte? Yeah, so... Um... I, I just I found a real love for fitness actually over lockdown. So um hired a spin bike, mm. been doing a lot of classes with that. Um I also play netball, but we're not playing at the moment. And our team name, which is hilarious, is the Netspresso Martinis, which I can't take credit for, but <laughs> I'm pretty I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> and um I love what else do I get up to? I, re I really love live music, which obviously has hit me quite hard over lockdown. So I, I like going to a lot of festivals, gigs, live music with my friends. Um, I'm also quite into fashion and shopping and shoes, like, like most women. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. Well, thank you for giving us an insight as to like who you are and like where you're based in the world. I'm really looking forward to today's show and kind of helping inspire other SDR listeners and watchers out there. So in terms of your career, so again, for those that are listening in, uh, but for those that are watching, we're going to just quickly share our screen to visit Charlotte's lovely LinkedIn profile, just to give a bit of an idea as to kind of your journey to date. Um, so obviously, like looking through your LinkedIn profile, and I love the branding on this and the profile picture. Uh, what we can see <laughs> is one, obviously <laughs> you studied. Uh, multi- Say again. Uh, oh, sorry, I it's didn't mean to interrupt you. It's a, it's a new picture, thank God. <laughs> I did it just in time for this uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, but as we can see, like studying at university, multimedia journalism, uh, and you actually have been a presenter and I'm a little bit intimidated. So please give me any coaching notes at the end of this session today. Uh, but you've been a presenter, you've worked in media companies such as NewsQuest. Uh, you've also been a content editor at Reach PLC. You've been an online reporter uh, for the Daily Mirror. Uh, and then you've come into the world of SaaS tech as an SDR. So again, Charlotte, for our listeners and watchers, please could you like walk us through your journey of like where you started and how did you get here today? I know it's such a random transition, isn't it? And I think that anyone looking at that would be like, how on earth have you gone from being a reporter at the Daily Mirror to working in SAS tech? But I think for me, actually, the skills are quite transferable. And that's something that became apparent to me quite quickly. But um, you know, being a journalist was always the dream. Um, had a big goal of being mm. a Sky Sports presenter. <laughs> so cliche, but that was the goal. Um, and I, I did some presenting stuff mm. while I was at uni. I studied multimedia journalism. Um, I did some stuff with um, AFC Bournemouth while I was at uni, which was really fun. So I did a bit of presenting stuff with them. Um, and then, nice. yeah, so when I came out of uni, I started working as a junior reporter for my local newspaper at home. Uh, the Southern Daily Echo gets a bit of a shout out at Hampshire Chronicle and um, <laughs> worked there for a while. Um, just kind of worked my way up through the ranks um, in local journalism until I was an editor and then I got a role at the Daily Mirror. Um, but yeah, it kind of, you know, I was a journalist for I think maybe four years and and over the time that I'd studied and then worked as a journalist, the role had really changed um, into something that wasn't really what I'd hoped for anymore um, and it's not to say it's a bad career path it's yeah. absolutely not but I just think for me because I'm a sensitive little Sally and I can admit that I just found it quite challenging because a lot of the time uh, you know there, there was stories that were quite hard to cover like gruesome murder cases I was going to court and covering like some quite nasty mm. heavy stuff and, and it really took a toll on me and I, I got quite ill so I kind of I had three mm. months where I was really unwell like nobody could really figure out what was wrong with me and I just thought I think I need to have a look at different things in my life and like where I can make a change to like really give myself a better chance of not being sick all the time and, and having a yeah. really happy and healthy career. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, um, I was uh, dating a guy at the time who was doing some video stuff for Reward Gateway and, and still does actually. And his little sister worked at Reward Gateway and they both kind of said to me, look, you know, there's this role going, you should look at it because you know, the skills that they list, you can do all of that. And, and you are doing all of that already. And you should have a think about it. And I was like, oh, okay, that's yeah. interesting. My dad works in sales and marketing. My granddad worked in sales. So it was kind of in my blood. Um, and I thought, oh, I've always been interested by that. Like, let's give it a crack. And that, yeah. that's kind of what happened. <laughs> 
I absolutely love it. So I think there's some definite points I'd love to pick up on is so obviously like studying journalism um, and obviously being like a, a reporter and like covering topics in the world of media. Uh, and you kind of thought in the early days, the, you know, these skills can be transferable. And 100% I agree because I think with, I think at one point when I was a coach and trainer, I'd say like with SDRs, we are kind of like reporters, like we're researching companies' accounts to find out what's going on in their world. And then we're taking that information to, you know, personalize messages and reach out to people. And from there, we're kind of reporting on what we're seeing in the industry with other companies, with other personas and kind of like how other companies are acting towards this. And we're evangelizing the product, but not so much as a product, but, you know, the news, the gospel of what's happening in the world of perhaps, you know, employee engagement. But like with yourself, um, with these skills that you've taken from journalism, what kind of stuff do you, you know, what transferable skills have you taken that you still kind of use today in your SDR role? Yeah, that's a really good question, actually. So I think a lot of it is, um, you know, how personable you can be with people and how you can be authentic as a, as a person. Because a lot of the stuff that you do in journalism when you're interviewing people who maybe are going through a hard time or, you know, they have a, an interesting story to tell. Like you said, it's about, you know, making people feel at ease in a way that they can open up to you and tell you, tell you stuff that's really important. Um, and I think that there's a knack to that which works for both journalism and also as an SDR. So I think that's the main one. But another mm. thing that I think is very transferable is the writing element so I love to write that's mm. my favorite thing um and, and you know I've been able to love transfer that. that and write really creative outbound emails which I think have helped me quite a lot um so I'd say that the writing part mm. of it is part of that but also you know my understanding of social selling um I think you know using my social media skills to transfer it into social selling is something that's been helpful um, and also video, so four points. <laughs> um, but yeah, video, I think, <laughs> as well. Be being confident and able to speak on camera and, and create videos to use in my approach is something that I've done a lot of. Less so, actually, in COVID, because I just think people don't have the time to watch it. So I've just not been wasting my time. But, um, you know, <laughs> long live video. Hopefully yeah. it's, it's coming back. Hopefully by the time people are listening to this, I'll be back Hell smashing yeah. the videos again. But yeah, I, I would say that those four main <laughs> things. I love it. And like you say, with um, like taking these skills of like presenting and also being on video for a lot of SDRs that I work with or come across, there is that fear element of getting on a camera and being in front of somebody and sending out these videos. And it's a topic that we have covered in quite a few shows, but from somebody that was, you know, doing it in a different profession and then coming here, how did you get over those nerves of speaking, recording and then putting yourself out there? How, how did it work for you? If I'm brutally honest, I don't think you ever get over the nerves from it. Um, you know, you kind of have to feel the fear and do it anyway. And I think if you're not doing things that scare you, you're probably not growing. So it, it's good, I think, to push yourself in that sense. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've never got over the nerves. I always get just before I'm about to record and it's like, right, game face. <laughs> um, you know, it's way more terrifying doing live stuff so like for example i did the bournemouth air show and um absolutely catch yeah. my pants prior to that and th that was terrifying so i think <laughs> <laughs> I i'm never gonna get over it it's just finding ways of managing it so you know having a sip of water you were saying to me before we came on the show if your mouth goes dry have a sip of water yeah. swill it around your mouth gives you a fresh voice take a minute you know like count to three breathe just all, all of the cliche things that we're told to do but they do actually work 
Indeed. And you know what? I always get nervous like before coming on a show and an episode as well and recording videos. And yeah, I, I agree with you. Like you never get over it. But I think the more you push yourself out your comfort zone to do it, it becomes natural. You kind of know what to expect. And I think it's that uncertainty of the unknown of how is it going to be received. Uh, mm. But at the end of the day, if you don't try, you're never going to know, right? So yeah, 100% agree with you. Well, yeah, um, exactly. And also like coming back to like with 100%. And with uh, obviously mental health is something I'm a big advocate of. And mm. you're kind of like saying that when you're going through your career and you're in the media, or you're reporting on topics that, you know, can affect you as well. Could yeah. you elaborate a bit further as to like what was going through your mind and like how you were managing it? Yeah, so I'm just, I'm always really honest about this. So, um, you know, it, it was quite difficult uh, reporting on people being murdered, raped, you know, mutilated on the daily. Um, I probably write about 13 stories a day and I'd say that probably 12 of them would be quite brutal. So I think that plays a massive part in the way that you're feeling. And I think for me, I probably was a bit depressed, but didn't realise it. Um, and mm. I was diagnosed with generalised anxiety disorder as well, like in 2018. And I don't know how much that's got to do with, you know, general life or what I was doing at the time. But um, I definitely think it probably played a big factor in that, um, as well as like lifestyle stuff as well. So like, you know, sometimes if I started work at six o'clock in the morning and then the next week you'd you'd start work at 5 p.m. So it does mess with your mind a little bit. So just lots of different factors. But yeah, it, it was quite brutal. <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> I, I can almost relate to an extent because um, I am somebody that has suffered with depression. I've like had help with it and stuff. And again, I never, I'm never ashamed of it. I think you know to talk about mental health is a sign of strength. Um, but I remember, like in my career, when I was working within local authority, and I was like a housing benefit officer, so I had to meet a lot of people from the public who would come in to seek state welfare. And I heard a lot of horror stories. And I remember doing this like for four years and I'd see people that lost their homes, people that lost family members or, you know, they've completely, their business has completely gone under and it's really messed them up and they're looking for support from the local authority to help them with their housing needs. And sometimes I would be able to help them. Sometimes they weren't qualified. I remember doing this day in, day out. You absorb an element of yeah. that, even though it's not to do with you directly, it weighs on your mind. And I remember waking up every day thinking like, I don't know if I can go into the office today and do this because it's, you know, a grueling job. Um, yeah. And then kind of recognizing myself that, you know, my head's not right and I need to take some time to reflect to think, is there something else that I want to do? Um, but like, I think within an SDR world, we have a lot of anxieties. We have a lot of stresses that come into our life. We hit a lot of rejection and sometimes we take it personally, like on the phones or emails or we're trying to hit a target. Um, and yeah, I'm even working with some SDRs at the moment where, you know, we're worried about certain things. We worry about how is stuff going to pick up? Are we going to hit our targets? Are we going to be able to do this? And I had one SDR saying like, no, how do you deal with stress, uh, you know, with targets and pressure and all of this? Um, and obviously I can give my two cents in, but for somebody that, you know, has gone through anxiety that has had stresses and stuff, and perhaps you face these today, how do you handle it, Charlotte? And are there any tips that you'd give to anybody out there? Yeah, so I, I I got two golden bits of advice, actually, from two people who've mentored me throughout my career at Reward Gateway. So Tony Whitehouse is the first, Tony Heavey, sorry. Um, and Tony said to me, trust the process. And she said that to me on like day one of being mm -hmm. an SCR. And honestly, you, you, that, that really helps just trusting the process. If you're doing everything you can, 
There's literally nothing else you can do. Um, and that feeds into my second bit of golden advice from Dom Taylor, which was control the controllables. And again, there's there's only so much that you mm. can do. And I think that if you're kind to yourself and you remind yourself that if I'm giving 110% and I'm not getting that back yet, that's okay because I'm doing my best. And I, I think that's the way that I kind of control yep. that. And I know that that might not necessarily be super helpful to someone who's super anxious, but I think you need to start somewhere with it mm. and you've got to be kind to yourself. So that's what I would say. 100%. I love those bits of advice. So like, you know, follow the the process uh, and obviously you know with following the process sometimes if you're new to this it may seem alien mm -hmm. and you may not see the results straight away and you could question it and you say well is this actually going to help me um, am I going to get there but if you're consistent with that process and day in day out you follow it the results will come because it's been like you know tried and tested uh, but I always say to them like be open to those processes feel free to challenge it as well you don't just have to follow it blindly yeah. Um, and the second po point um, in terms of, you know, the way that I was saying it to, to the, the SDR the other day is with the controllable and the uncontrollable. So at times you can't control if somebody's going to cancel the meeting. You yeah. can't control when they're going to respond. You can't control if they want, if they're interested or they're not. Or you can't control if you get ghosted because we get ghosted a hell of a lot sometimes on emails and stuff. So I always oh, yeah. ask myself, and especially we can't sometimes control if we're going to be able to hit that target for the month. Uh, and I kind of said to this SDRs, like sometimes, all right, we're at the end of the month, we're not at target, but it is what it is. And I ask myself, what things can I control? What can I do right now to help me with that, with the things that I can't control? So if it's a prospect that has been ghosted, rather than sending them another email, which, you know, I'm not getting a response, perhaps give them a call or try to reach out to them on another channel. If I'm still waiting for somebody to come back to say, yes, I'm going to do the meeting, then I ask myself, okay, what can I do to help that prospect out? So could I send them any more information? Uh, are there any questions or concerns they've got right now, which is stopping them move forward that I can help them with? Um, and then also if I'm thinking about, right, I haven't hit target for this month, what can I do today to help me out in the following month? So are there any old leads from like a quarter ago where I could start reaching out today to say, hey, we haven't spoken in a while, just wanted to know, does it make sense to catch up and continue mm -hmm. our discussions? Uh, and then other things in terms of mental health is, you know, I'm somebody who loves journaling uh, and writing positive affirmations every morning. But I also like to reflect at the end of the day to see, right, what did I accomplish? So even if it hasn't been the greatest day and I haven't got through to prospects, did I have a great chat with my manager? Did I have a great lunch with my work team? Did I catch up with my friends and family on a break or, you know, speed dial friends? And doing this consistently, like trying to set my goals in the morning, go through the day and then reflect uh, and, you know, take breaks, do some meditation, eat healthily, make sure that I get, you know, my seven hours of sleep. These are things that may not immediately help with my anxiety, but it will help me regulate them and be mm -hmm. more self-aware. So I think great solid bits of advice. Uh, and it is something I know that we, we're all stressed with, like when we work in sales, it's part and parcel of the job, right? Uh, but I think the last bit of advice I'd give is, is speak to people. Because I think with lockdown, like me admittedly being in a room in my apartment for the last 12 months and not traveling, I haven't had that social interaction with people in the office. Mm -hmm. So I, I always say to my team, like, look, you can always like ping me for a Zoom or a Hangout, even if it's not work-related, even if you just want to vent about how somebody's peed you off on something outside of life. I think having that opportunity to talk to people is something that can really help out with your anxieties and your mental health. What would you say? 
Yeah, I'd fully agree with that. And I think that having the opportunity to now go back into the office a bit more regularly is is really helping a lot of people to feel more well engaged, actually, in what they're doing, um, which I think is playing a massive factor in it. I also think just going back to what you were saying about connecting with old leads um, and, and suggesting like a catch up. Um, like, while that's great, I'd kind of try and make yourself more valuable than a catch-up. So, like, something that I've tried to do mm. is make sure that in every in every touch point, I'm adding value of some description. Um, and I think that when I know that I'm constantly innovating in my process and I'm constantly adding value, that helps regulate my anxiety as well because I'm like, look, there is physically nothing else I can be doing. Like, I'm doing, I'm doing my all. Um, and like I mentioned as well, I'm like massive on exercise through lockdown. And honestly, it's been a game changer for me. So I know a lot of people know this already, but it's changed my world. So <laughs> I think that regularly exercising and being consistent in like all areas of your life is definitely something that helps. 100%. I'm a, I'm a big advocate for fitness. Like um, at one point in the last few months, I was working three contracts at the same time. And I don't Ooh. advise anybody to do that. But working with three different companies and three teams, it stressed the hell out of me. And I'd be starting my days at maybe like 6 a.m. because most of my clients are in Europe, um, so they're an hour ahead. Or, and then I'd be finishing late. So I'd be waking up super extra early to go to the gym to get my energy. That's how I kind of used to see it, like a Superman thing. Like I'd go to the gym, get my energy in, and that would carry me through the day. But I realized as of last week, and admittedly to, to, to the guests on the show, like I had a bit of a burnout. It got to like last Wednesday last week and I was on an online meeting and somebody said, Neil, are you okay? How are you doing? You know, just generally as we do when we connect online. Um, and I paused for a minute because I thought about that question. I was like, no, I'm not okay. Yeah. And they're like, what's up? And I just said, I'm, uh, I think I'm burnt out. I'm a little tired. Uh, and luckily that was with my manager and he just said, look, you know what? Take the day off. Mental health is important. Go, go take a break. Mm. Um, so yeah, don't push yourself too much to the point that you're going to get burnt out. And I, I can recognize it now when it happens and I know when to take breaks as well. Uh, and on my break, I went to the gym <laughs> the next day because that's what I enjoyed doing and had a bit of fun there as well. But if it's your um, hobby and it's yeah, so like in, a release, like do it. Like, you know, I go to spin classes after is. work and like, they're like a nightclub. And honestly, it gives me life. Like, even if I'm knackered from a really long day, I will still go because it just gives me that like buzz to keep going. Um, it's so important. Yeah. Definitely. It is because it's a, it can be a release of tension, but you can also add in those endorphins to like, you know, balance yourself out a bit and doing something, yeah. you know, that gives you longevity. I always value it. So anything that's adding minutes to my life, I'm 100% down for it as yeah. well. So we, we digressed a little bit there, but I, I love the topic as well. Um, but like when you were going like transitioning from like media going into sales and coming against like Reward Gateway, what was it like when you joined a tech SaaS company and kind of what were your key learnings and like, you know, any advice for anybody else that's kind of starting out as well? Yeah, um, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I found it really hard because I'd gone from like one world into a completely different world. And like, you know, when you're working in a newsroom, it's not very corporate. I I swear like a trooper, always have done, still did. And then was like, oh, actually, I, I work in a corporate <laughs> environment now. Um, maybe she bring that in a little bit still figuring that bit out um but you know it was just it was quite a culture shock for me in that sense um but you know like 
Reward Gateway, being an employee engagement company, you know, and specialising in benefits and recognition, it's obviously an amazing place to work. And I am very lucky in that respect. So, you know, I work with amazing people who really helped guide me through that process. But I think what I'd say is that, you know, it takes a bit of time to get in the swing of things and, and to get the knack of uh, sales and it, it took me probably I'd say a good six months to really think ah oh, okay yeah I get this now um, so I, I'd say give it time like you know if you go in on the first week and you think what am I doing that's fine you're not going to get it straight away it's a process yeah. it takes time it takes embedding you know give yourself that grace period um, but I think something that's worth doing and that my managers always did with me is is they always checked in every week. So we do something called 15.5 and I don't know if you've heard of 15.5, but it, it's like a weekly check in and it asks you to sort of, it's, it asks you to sense check your week, what went well this week, maybe what was your challenges, you know, what would you like to speak up about, you know, what's your focus for the coming week. And that's that was something that really helped me actually. And, and you know, if you don't do that in your organisation, it's something you can do yourself anyway. Um, because it made me think about, okay, this is what I'm grateful for and what I've done well. This is where maybe I could improve. And, and this is what I'm going to spend my next five business days doing. And, and, and that really, really helped me, especially to start with. I love it. So again, like you said, like it, it can be a completely different uh, new world. And it, you're right, it does sometimes take a little bit of time to like settle in and just like practice stuff. Um, and I always say like to my team, it's okay to fail, you know, like fail fast yeah. and learn from it. And then obviously, obviously always looking for that feedback. Uh, and with that 15.5, like kind of checking in and like analyzing yourself, like, hey, where could you improve? I think that's a really good thing to do as well. My question to you, like, so I'm kind of going back into the world of managing like a team and I do regular one-to-ones with my team to find out how their week's been, what are they working on, where can I help best help them? And sometimes I find we have reps that, you know, they pretty much know what they're doing. And sometimes I ask, like, how can I help? And they're like, and with some reps, they will say, like, I need help on my cold calling or I need help with my discovery call. Uh, and also there are reps that are like, will say, I, I don't really know. There's nothing really right now. And I always worry, like, to your point, I always want to add value to those sessions. But, you know, sometimes they can't think of where they need help and it might not be till later in the week. But any tips for a manager, for a rep who feels they're okay, but still being able to check in how I could help them or add value? What advice would you give to me? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that, you know, there needs to be a level of self-awareness in the rep, first of all, about, you know, nobody's perfect 100% of the time. And like, you know, it, it, is, a, it is a valuable exercise to, to really look over your process and think where you need help. But that being said, I am sometimes that rep where I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> because sometimes you don't know. And I think mm -hmm. something that we do at Reward Gateway, actually, which helps us all think about you know where we're at quite clearly and, and it's a constant process rather than just once a week is we have a slack channel which is dedicated purely to sharing things that may have gone well may have not gone so well and then we ask each other for feedback on that and that's a really good way of uncovering mm. throughout the week um those specific pains um so i think that i'd suggest having a constant um feedback stream is something that would probably help those things come to the surface um, another thing that might be useful is thinking about different themes within like an SDR's world. So an exercise we did recently was we sat down and we thought about all the different tasks that we have as an SDR and how we piece them into our week. So something that you could do is like go through mm. with your reps, like all the different things that they do, all their different tasks, so calling, emails, videos, whatever. 
Um, and maybe just each week you take a bit of a deeper dive into those and really talk about maybe a specific lead where they've done X, Y, and Z, and then together you can kind of work on it um, and, and you know, go through that process together. Because I think when you've got a bit more of a micro view on a process, it helps you as a manager to uncover those specific things. Um, whereas if you just ask a big, bold question, mm. I mean, you know, we, we had something ridiculous, like 35 tasks that we do in a week. It's like saying, you know, <laughs> you don't know which which of those you need help on because there's just so much in your brain anyway. I freaking love that. I absolutely love it. So those those are two cool ideas, like the Slack one of like sharing what's working and what's not and then having like a team debrief or, you know, discussion and collab on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that can also help generate people to maybe post stuff in there because, again, I don't know why I may need help, but seeing my team do certain things, I'm like, oh, actually, do you know what? That's something I've been struggling with or do you know what? I've actually got a cool way that I handle that yeah. and getting everybody to, you know, put it through. And I think that's also the second point, like, you know, like the different sort of tasks that we have in the week, because like we're emailing, we're calling, we're social selling, we're sending out videos, we're doing all this sort of stuff. And this, for me, it's just like, I know how to do this stuff because I've done it as an SDR and I I train others to do it. But picking maybe a topic of that and having a deeper dive into it to, you know, go through that process with that person and then help them understand, like, how do they make it up in their day? Because I think a lot of times with new SDRs, they come in and said, right, I know I need to email I need to call. I know I need to do time management, but like, what's the best way to structure my day? Yeah. And I think taking that deep dive approach can help them understand or, you know, help them come to the conclusion as to where it makes sense to put it in the day, but also dissect it a little bit further as well. Um, and to kind of come on to this, and this is just me being a bit selfish, apologies, but like no. in terms of like a good SDR manager, what kind of qualities do you think help people? What good qualities does an SDR manager have to help somebody like you grow? Where do you most want support from a manager? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and I think it's going to be different for different people, right? And I'm actually, I don't know if you've done insights training, but I'm super blue. So that means I'm really process driven um, and like a bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> not analytical whatsoever, but I, I like process and like things being in their place. So for me, it was always helpful to yeah. have a set structure and be goal orientated. Um, but I think what makes a good manager is someone that can see other people for what they are and then adapt the way that they manage Mm. them to suit them because it's not going to be one size fits all because we're all different um and i think that's what has made our team successful um and something else that i think is having a bit of banter like you know one of the great things about that channel that i was just talking about is that we throw a bit of banter in there as well i remember i was calling this lead and this woman who was a receptionist answered the phone and I genuinely thought she was a robot. So I didn't say anything. So, you know, like when they answered the phone, <laughs> it, it was Barclays. That I was like an automated response. Yeah, yeah. She went, hello, welcome to Barclays. And I thought it was a robot. So I didn't say anything. So I was waiting for the next bit. And she went, welcome to Barclays. And this went on for like a minute. And she went, hello, you phoned us. And I, because we record our calls, I shared it in the <laughs> channel. And we've, we all laugh about it. Like, and having that banter as a um. manager, and as a team you know that's good for your mental well-being it's good for your team as a co- like making it a cohesive team you know we celebrate together we lose together we have banter together and i think that's the best thing that you can do for your team is really bring them together like that mm. I, I i agree like everybody is built up differently everybody like operates in a different way similar to yourself 
I'm led by processes. I want everything documented. I want to know from A to B. Uh, whereas other people, they tend to like just like to go in a nice flow. So they may do prospecting a different way. They may run their disguise calls away. And I always try to find like what ignites them and try and focus on that to like bring it out more so. Uh, and yeah, having banter is a hundred percent like I'm all about happy selling, right? And enjoying like the f ups or the the successes. Uh, and something we used to do at a former company, which we did employee engagement as well, is we would talk about our f ups in the week. You know, like every Monday we talk about, okay, what well, what, what went well the week before, but where did you F up and, you know, like walk us through it. And we laugh about it. So if a prospect had, you know, objected to us and we completely screwed up the call or, you know, we sent the wrong email and it wasn't, you know, properly automated with the dynamic tags and somebody completely ripped us to shreds about it, would bring it up, A, for the learning aspect of it, but B, to laugh not at the person, but laugh with the person yeah. to also highlight, you know what, it's all right to mess up. Don't worry about those sort of things. And I love your little performance there with the voice. You did that really well. So, like, obviously with general, have you done acting as well? No, <laughs> no, no, just dramatic as a person. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um so like obviously um, working uh, within Reward Gateway, like within your role at the moment, like what's the typical aspiration for yourself like in the future? Like you don't have to have a definitive answer now. With a lot of people, they want to go into sales, but they sometimes may want to explore other departments and stuff. But for you, like how do you want to progress in your sales career? I mean, that's such a great question. And I think that often the SDR role is looked at something that's a stepping stone into other things. But I've been an SDR for three years and I'm having the best career three years that I've had and I'm really enjoying it so I'm in no rush but I'm also really keen to like make sure I am progressing so making the role my own so always looking for ways that I can innovate or do things differently or you know just really maximize what's available to me in that role I think if, to answer your question properly like looking to the future and what I want to do I'm because of my journalism background, I find marketing quite interesting. Um, and I'd like to kind of dabble with that a mm. little bit. So we have like a marketing team, sales and marketing together. And, and like we collaborate a lot. It's marketing, so. love it. Yeah, I really enjoy that side of my role. Um, and I also really enjoy speaking with people, which again is like, goes back to my journalism thing. So, you know, if I had more of an opportunity to perhaps work in like a community manager type thing or, you know, doing that kind of stuff, that I think that would be something that I'd like to do. But I think that often like the people who are most successful are people who go and do something that's not their role and then that becomes their role. So I think mm. I need to have a proper think about it, but that's kind of the direction I'm thinking. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And <clears throat> so again, some very interesting points uh, in that piece there. So like where you're saying like you've been doing the SDR position like for three years and you're really enjoying it. Yeah. I think sometimes there's this pressure and I don't know who sets it, but perhaps companies copying other companies. But some people may say, like, you have to be an SEL for at least a year to two years, and then you have to move on to the next role. And I'll be honest with you, Charlotte, like, when I was an SDR and people said, hey, do you want to move up? I said, do you know what? I'm kind of enjoying just doing this, and I'd love just to do this forever. And I know a lot of people that just stay in the SDR position, like, throughout their sales career because they really friggin' love it. Um, like, what advice would you give to people where they feel that they have to get somewhere by a certain timeline and then move on? but perhaps they're enjoying like similar to yourself, like you're doing this SDR position, what advice would you give them? I think you have to ask yourself, why? Like, why are you feeling that pressure? 
is it something that you're putting on yourself is it something that other people are putting on to you and then I think you really need to like sit down dissect that understand all the different things that are playing into it and work out what is most important to you if making other people happy is most important to you then crack on go and do something else but if being happy in yourself enjoying your role is something that's important then you do you like I just think that you know and if covid's taught us anything it's to just be yourself unapologetically and only do the things that you want to do and i i think that you know don't be pressured by what other people are doing and you know do your own thing like i'm 29 and i'm an sdr and i think a lot of people would be like mm. oh an sdr is for when you're 21 22 it's not just go and do what you enjoy mm. and, and the rest will follow and i think that if you're being authentic and, and doing what you want to do then you'll be successful regardless so i'd, I'd ignore what other people are saying <laughs> 100% legit agree with that. <clears throat> and I think I kind of went through it this year. So being like an SDR trainer, I get to coach people. I get to like do training and stuff like that. Um, and then when with recently with the new job that I've taken on as SDR manager, <clears throat> my fear, my own fear was, Neil, you're a founder of a company. Now you're going back into a manager position. How is the world going to perceive that? Uh, and yeah, my, my anxiety is hit up and like, I was worried what people say, but then I realized I don't give a damn what people think that, you know, don't really know me. I just do what I want to do. But one of the like conceited reasons why I wanted to do it is because I wanted to get back into the world of actually in a company doing that stuff rather than just training them to do it. I wanted to be a part of it. Uh, and most recently, sneakily, my team don't know, but I've been prospecting as well. Hey. So what I'm teaching them, I'm doing the sequences, I'm calling up people and I'm having fun doing it. And somebody responded to my email the other day. They weren't interested and now's not the right time. But I was just, ha I was excited. I got a response to my email. And I was like, oh, it's not work-related email about stuff in the team. It's actually a prospect talking back to me. That was freaking fun. And lo uh, I love it. So I agree with you. Like, do the stuff that makes you happy. Don't worry about what people may think. It's how you feel about it and how happy it makes you, you know. Um, but yeah, like with, uh, and also like you said, like obviously with your background in journalism, like marketing's kind of floated your boat. And I love that. I've known a lot of great SDRs that have been SDRs and then become great marketeers. What is it about the marketing element that kind of stands out to you and like, you know, piques your interest, Charlotte? I think for me, it's more about like live events and the opportunity to connect with our customers and our prospects and, you know, just chat to people like I can chat all day. So, you know, from that perspective, I think that's what excites me. But also, <laughs> like, I think there's loads of opportunities to innovate and like look at, you know, how we can entice people in and how we can set trends in the, in the field that we're in, how we can be the market leader, you know, which we are. Um, <laughs> like, there's, there's just there's so many different things that you can do, you know, the opportunity to include video, the, you know, there's, there's so many different avenues that you can go down that I find really interesting. And I think, you know, we have a great blog, um, which our, our team work on. We have a great content library, which they work on. And, you know, the way that that's written is it really appeals to our audience. And I love that side of it as well. So I just think there's mm. just so much to it. And, you know, when I'm thinking about my career from a long-term perspective you know I appreciate I'm probably not going to be an SDR forever so I need to think about that um and I, when I think about doing marketing I'm like oh, okay yeah like that excites me so I think that that's what it is for me mm. I love that I love that and you're right like with um the world of marketing like another reason why I took on this job is being like the SDR manager um, we have an inbound team and we have an outbound team and I have to work with the VP of sales and I have to work with the CMO. 
And I kind of see myself as like the little bridge in between yeah. where I get insights as to what marketing campaigns are going on. What webinar, like we're recently doing a webinar and I'm behind it. I'm posting it on my LinkedIn. I'm helping create sequences for it. I'm sitting down with uh, the marketing content team to see the case studies, the videos. Because selfishly, I'm thinking this is the stuff my SDR should be knowing about because they're going to be sharing and evangelizing it. But they mm -hmm. should also learn the content rather than I'm just going to share the content, the case study, but read it understand what challenges the customer is putting through like marketing have worked on this this is a great asset um and again like i always feel that sales and marketing they are two different departments but they're working towards the same goal mm. which is you know to generate revenue so it makes sense for us to work um and i've had a hell of a lot of fun with some crazy vps of marketing and cmos uh, and it's kind of like a bit of a break sometimes from the the commercial serious side of sales and closing deals like marketing, I can kind of see as fun. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And again, to guests and listeners, um, what my tips are is uh, sometimes my team members say like, do you know what, marketing floats my boat. It's something I maybe want to pursue. And I advise them, go sit on a meeting, you know, go speak to the heads of marketing, ask them about their day. What's their day-to-day -day life like? What things do they get up to? Like, how did they get into marketing? Go learn about it. I encourage it. Um, but from your point of view, Charlotte, like for anybody that's thinking about different departments or maybe going to marketing and they're an SDR today, what advice would you give to them? I think very similar to what you just said, actually, because if you can just make yourself known to people in other departments and, you know, be useful and, and do things that, yeah, okay, you're an SDR, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't work on something with marketing, like branch out, you know, get stuck in, mm. offer to offer to help, offer to do things that are outside of your job spec. And I think the rest will follow in that sense. But, um, and that's a good way of like figuring out if it is actually something you like as well, because you might look at it and think, oh yeah, I want to mm. do that. But actually the reality might be very different. So um, I think that, yeah, mm -hmm. just, just make yourself useful, make yourself valuable. It's what we do with our prospects. So there's no reason why we shouldn't do it with people internally as well. 100% salute on that. Love it. Uh, and also something uh, which is kind of coming off flight sales to an extent is something which is quite dear to you in terms of health and something that you've gone through in life uh -huh. and something I'm always scared to pronounce because you are the expert on this, but it's something that we did want to discuss today and for you to share with. Yeah. And I'm going to shut up right now, but I'd love to hand it over to you. Like, what is this topic about? How did it affect your life? And, you know, what can you teach us about it? You chickened out of saying it. <laughs> right. So I, I want this to be uplifting and happy, right? And this is a story that I've shared with people I work with. Um, and, and the reason I'm sharing it is because, you know, if, if you're in a career that you you love, like it doesn't matter what life throws at you, you can still crack on and do well. So um, I was diagnosed with a condition called fibromyalgia in 2019, which is a chronic pain and fatigue condition. So, you know, I mentioned before that I, I've been off sick for like three months and I thought about what I wanted to do with my life to sort of help myself get a bit better. You know, I had it then, but I didn't know. Um and the reason I wanted to share this today is because, you know, that there's been so many things about working in sales that have helped me stay motivated during times when maybe I've not been so well. Um, and, you know, it's triggered by stress. So you'd think that working in sales wouldn't be OK, but it is. It's strange. I think having a goal to work towards makes you feel more motivated and it gives you that get up and go and you, you may feel rough. Um, so, yeah, I, I just wanted yeah. to share that with everyone. And, you know, there, there are going to be people out there who maybe have been through similar and, and 
you know, sales can be tough, like life can be tough, it is what it is. But, you know, working for a good organisation and, and keeping that goal in mind is something that's really helped support me through it. I love it. Thank you so much for, for sharing that insight. And you're right, I did chicken out. Could you say it for me one more time and I'm going to say it back? Yeah, absolutely. It's fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia. Yes. Perfect. Thank you for that. You and I'm going to put some links in uh, for our show notes so that if anybody like to learn more about this as well, by all means, go into it. And mm -hmm. as you said, Charlotte, like uh, something like in, in life and sales and stress, we can get stressed. We, it can sometimes make us sick as well. But I agree with you. I've gone through a lot of traumatic things in my life, admittedly. And sales is kind of like the mentality of my sales and what I've learned has helped me through those. And I've been able yeah. to transfer some of the things that I've learned in sales to help myself out. So I can 100% agree with you. But again, it's been absolutely great to like have you on the show today. Uh, and we'd love to get you back as a future guest as well. But before we do go, like, what three bits of advice would you give to a younger version of yourself, of somebody who's just about to embark on this sales development career? What a great question. Okay, so I think I've already said it, but I'm going to say it again. Trust the process. I think that is the most important thing. Trust the process, trust yourself. You know, it, it's going to be hard sometimes, but if you trust the process, if you keep going, keep grafting, you will get results. So that's number one. Uh, number two, never stop innovating. Um, I think there have been times for me where maybe I've uh, got lazy. I can admit it. I've got lazy and I've, I've trusted the process too much and I've not thought outside of the box and I've not innovated <laughs> enough. Um, so I think constantly innovating, constantly questioning, where could I tweak this to make this better? What could I do differently? Is there a piece of tech that supports this? Like never settle. I think that. That's number two. Mm. Um, and number three, mm, exercise. Let's say that one. I think that has been one of the things that has given me the best kick up the arse um, is just being consistent with exercise <laughs> because not only has it helped me in life, it's helped me feel well again. Um, it's also helped mm. me massively with my mindset and then how that plays into work. And also, you know, if you're lying in bed a bit insomniac, um, <laughs> thinking about your deals if you've smashed an arrow on the spin bike there's every chance that you might just pass out and go to sleep so <laughs> that would be my third bit <laughs> i love it so like trust uh, the process always looking to be innovating and like gear things up and change it up and yeah you know like uh, health is wealth so 100 yeah. percent. these are things that we can do these are things that we can control so great bits of advice and are there any shout outs that you'd like to give out on today's show charlotte yeah, I've, I've got, do you know what? I've got so many, but I'm going to give a few. I'm going to give one to Anna Mana. So Anna is my ex-boyfriend's sister who worked at Reward Gateway, who encouraged me to apply. It's changed the game for me. Thank you, Anna. Um, I would say okay. Lewis Quache and Tony Heavey because they hired me and took a chance on me um, and have been fantastic mentors. And I'd say Dom Taylor, who's our director of enterprise. I work directly with Dom and has been an amazing mentor, is the most patient human being I've ever come across. <laughs> and it's also just great fun to work with. <laughs> Absolutely love it. So a lot of sales love and shout outs there. Thank you so much for that. And for like any of the guests uh, that are watching or listening in, if they wanted to connect with you on LinkedIn to kind of pick your brain, 
on any of the topics discussed today. Are you okay with that, Charlotte? Yes, hit me up. Also, if you want to find out more about fibromyalgia, I actually run an Instagram account where I've created a community. Sorry, I've got to get it in there, which is at fibromyalgia underscore Yeah, get it in. What's the at handle? Yeah, it's at fibromyalgia. Say that one more time. What's this? (laughs) Sorry, there's a delay. (laughs) It's um, at fibromyalgia (laughs) underscore girl. Okay. So also like after this, like please send me the at handle and I'll definitely put that into the show notes and we're happy to advocate anything that you're supporting and doing. So by all means, listeners and watchers, get following. Uh but Charlotte has been an absolute pleasure uh getting to know you and sharing your sites uh with the with the rest of the world. So thank you so much for that. Um, and as a reminder for everybody else that's listening or watching in, make sure that you please rate us in your local podcast platform so we can get the news out there. Make sure that you also subscribe to our YouTube channel and please share, comment and like and get this great story out there for other SDRs around the world. But Charlotte Neal, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on board. I wish you a great week uh, and great summer weekend and happy selling. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Neil. Thank you so much for listening to our show today. If you work in tech sales and have a career or story that you'd love to share, then please email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'll be in contact to book in a show. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to sdrdiscocall, one word, at bcast, which is b-c-a-s-t dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR BDR, MDR or ADR and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'd love to have you on board.